You're listening to On Attachment, a place to learn about how attachment shapes the way we experience relationships and where you'll gain the guidance, knowledge, and practical tools to overcome insecurity and build healthy, thriving relationships. I'm your host, relationship coach, Stephanie Rigg, and I'm really glad you're here. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of On Attachment. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about what to do if your partner doesn't want to grow. So this was inspired by a question that I received on Instagram last week, which was, if I heal my anxious attachment, but my partner doesn't heal his avoidant attachment, are we going to work? Is the relationship going to fall apart? And I think it's a really good question. I'm sure it's one that many people can relate to. It's certainly a question that I would have asked once upon a time uh, because it was a situation that I was in once upon a time. So I'm going to give you some thoughts on that. I think it is really a nuanced topic and I'm going to give you a few different perspectives on how to approach that sort of mindset pieces uh, as well as, you know, some tips, some encouragement uh, so that you don't become overly frustrated with the situation because it can happen, but also, you know, a permission slip to want a partner who wants to grow with you, because that is a perfectly valid thing to desire in your partner and in your relationship. And so I'll be giving you some ways that you might soften your partner's resistance or pointing out some ways in which you might be increasing your partner's resistance and some tips for how to navigate that and, and hopefully make a bit of progress. So before we dive into that, a couple of quick announcements. I'm holding a Black Friday sale starting the 18th of November, and I'm offering the biggest discounts I've ever offered on my Higher Love course and also my masterclasses. So if you're interested in those, maybe you've been eyeing them for a while, but there's going to be some really great deals up to 55% off. So there's a wait list that you can join the link in my bio to be the first to access those discounts. Uh, but definitely keep your eyes peeled if you've been keen to jump into one of those programs, uh, because now's the time. The second much awaited announcement is that my signature course, Healing Anxious Attachment, is going to be opening in a few weeks' time. So make sure you're on the wait list. I get messages about this every day. I think there are about 1,100 people on the wait list at the moment, which is just nuts. Um, I'm so appreciative of your interest and support for the program. And it is really amazing and it's going to be better than ever. I'm adding a bunch of new content, new modules. It's going to be eight weeks rather than six weeks. And I'm also adding a VIP option for the first time round, which is going to be like a group coaching program rather than a course. So there's something there for everyone. And those on the wait list will save 25% on sign up. So definitely get yourself on the wait list. If you're not already, you can access all of that via the link in my bio. The third and final thing before we dive in, I'm sorry, this has been a bit of a long preamble this time <laughs> is just sharing the review of the week. So there've been some beautiful reviews lately. Today's one is these are extraordinarily helpful. We were in an anxious avoidance cycle and Stephanie's podcast really helped us identify the issue and gave us simple practical tips to pull ourselves out of it. As a fearful avoidant, it really took me a lot to even consider that I could be contributing to the cycle, but we achieved some progress every day. Please keep these up, Stephanie. You have listeners for life. Thank you so much for that beautiful review. I absolutely love that you've taken the time to write that and that you're taking responsibility for your part in the dynamic. That is is such a great sign and speaks volumes about your self-awareness and your willingness to grow. 
and I'm sure will really pay dividends for your relationship. So thank you for your support. And I have no plan to stop anytime soon. So keep listening. Okay. With all of that out of the way, let's dive into what to do if your partner doesn't want to grow. So as I alluded to in the introduction, it is perfectly reasonable to want a partner who is open to growing and evolving, you know, who knows what it takes to build a healthy relationship because it does take a lot, right? And is willing to do the work to get there. So I I suppose I want to start with that permission slip of that's a valid desire to want to be in a relationship where someone values growth in the way that you do, if that is an important value for you. Certainly is for me. And at this point in my life, I wouldn't want to be in a relationship with a partner who didn't want to do the work, right? Who wasn't ready to do that work. With that being said, I think it's fair to say that that's not the starting point for a lot of people. And so if you find yourself in a relationship at the moment where that isn't the status quo, where you and your partner maybe aren't on the same page, then that doesn't have to mean it's terminal and, you know, you don't have to look at it and go, oh, well, we're just fundamentally different and that's that. You know, there is scope to shift and evolve together. It just might take a little bit of time and patience and work. Okay. So if your partner is showing resistance to doing the work, that's not a fatal flaw in them necessarily. uh, And you don't need to write them off. And, you know, I assume that for most people, that's not what you want, right? Of course, the ideal situation is that your partner does grow with you rather than you outgrowing them. Okay. So I want to now give you four guiding principles, mindset shifts. If you find yourself in this situation of wanting to do the work, really being passionate about the work and excited about the work and your partner is not along for the ride with you. So hopefully these will allow you to not only feel more positive about your own journey, but remove any accompanying tension that is sort of driving a wedge in your relationship. Okay. So the first thing I want to offer you here is one person can shift patterns. Okay. There's a great quote by Esther Perel that I may butcher because I definitely don't have it in front of me, but it's along the lines of, it takes two people to create a pattern, but only one person to break it. Uh, And I really believe that that's true. One person can do a lot, even without the cooperation of their partner to make meaningful change in the right direction. Because when we look at, particularly in this anxious avoidant dynamic, there is so much that is co-created in that. It is really a feedback loop, right? As much as we might want to blame our partner and abrogate responsibility and say, well, if they didn't do this, then I wouldn't do that. Maybe that's true. Maybe if they didn't do that, their thing, then you wouldn't do your thing. But that's kind of the point, right? Equally, if you didn't do your thing, they might not do their thing. So your ability and capacity to meaningfully shift a pattern that exists in your relationship, don't underestimate that. Okay. Now I just want to make a distinction here. That doesn't mean that you can single-handedly save a relationship. Okay. If the relationship is in a really bad way, you know, if it's very disconnected, if it's very conflict ridden, if it's really dysfunctional, you're, you know, really not in a good place. I'm certainly not saying that you can solely save it. 
right? That you can, you know, do all of your work behind the scenes and suddenly everything's going to be fixed. There does need to be a level of buy-in on both sides for a relationship to truly transform from that sort of dark place to something healthier and that's on the right trajectory. But the likelihood of that happening, the likelihood of your partner coming along for the ride and the likelihood of your partner coming to the table in making those changes drastically increased by you working on your side of the equation. Okay. So again, and this is going to be a theme throughout these tips, you can't really lose by focusing on your part. So that's the first one. One person can shift patterns. The second one here is that doing the work looks different for different people. And I think that this is a trap that we fall into a lot, particularly if you're someone who really loves conventional kind of personal development work. Stuff like listening to this podcast or reading the books, doing the online courses, traditional personal development work. You know, obviously I fall into that bucket as well. So, you know, no shame there, but not every, that's not everyone's cup of tea. Not everyone's going to feel comfortable with that. And what I would caution you against is getting kind of righteous or high and mighty about that being the holy grail and them not doing that, meaning that they are less evolved than you because the work looks different for different people. So try not to compare your process with theirs and then form the judgment that, you know, they don't care about growth. They don't care about changing, that they're inferior in some way. Be very, very careful there because A, it's not really fair to make those judgments and B, and this is going to lead me into my third point, the more you push it, the more they're going to resist it. Okay. And again, this is particularly true if you are in an anxious avoidant kind of dynamic. If you are more anxious, as is usually the case, anxiously attached people are notorious lovers of personal development. Uh, But the more that you push it and sort of say, oh, you should be doing this. And why don't you listen to podcasts and you should read this book? And why haven't you done that? It's going to feel like you're telling them all the ways in which they're wrong and inadequate and not enough. And they're not going to respond well to that. And you probably wouldn't either. Right. So zoom out from it as much as of course, like deep down, you want them to come along for the ride and you want them to be interested in the things that you're interested in. It might not be their style and that's okay. Right. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you'll know that I talk about meeting in the middle and going, okay, what might a solution look like? What might a middle ground look like? So, you know, if they don't want to sit down and have like a long relationship check-in that follows the script in, you know, the exercises section of the latest relationship book that you've read, that doesn't mean they don't care about the relationship, right? that might just be really intimidating and overwhelming for them. And so they might have a lot of resistance to it. So rather than just going, oh, well, this means you don't care. Just, you know, check yourself on the stories you're telling yourself around their response to your efforts at pushing the work on them. Because a lot of that is probably them feeling really intimidated by it. Um, and you know, a part of them might be really scared, right? A part of them might be scared that you're doing the work means you're outgrowing them. So have a bit of compassion and curiosity there. And as you go along, and this is leading me nicely into my fourth point, 
the goal is to inspire someone into growth rather than to force it upon them. Okay. And this is really why you cannot lose by focusing on your own growth, by staying in your own lane and not bringing all of that judgment and righteousness with you. Okay. Because the reality is by focusing on your own growth, either in an ideal world, what happens? You inspire your partner to come along for the ride. And I think that this happens more than you might assume, you know, that all of a sudden you're much more positive, right? You're making efforts to improve your communication. You're setting stronger boundaries. You're being more loving and appreciative of your partner. You're, you know, infusing the relationship with a tone of positivity rather than negativity, which might be where you've been stuck. Maybe you're at the same time making positive changes in other aspects of your life, like your health. Maybe you're all of a sudden, you know, getting more exercise and eating healthily. All of these things create positive momentum that kind of bleeds into the relationship. So a lot of the time that will be really effective in inspiring your partner and sort of inviting them into the growth rather than forcing it on them and telling them all the ways in which you're better than them and they are deficient for not doing the things that you're doing. Okay. That's just going to make someone feel bad. And that feeling bad is going to trigger defensiveness and, you know, the walls are going to go up. That's not going to be a good strategy. So focus on your own growth, stay in your own lane and see what happens. Now, of course, I need to address what happens if you do outgrow your partner. What happens if you do do this work and they don't come along for the ride? As much as that might not be the desired outcome, it's also the right outcome if that's what happens. What do I mean by that? If you do your work and you grow and you evolve, and that means that you outgrow the relationship, that you're no longer in alignment with the relationship, that you realize that you're just far apart on values, that there might be some fundamental incompatibilities, that there might be some needs that, you know, despite all your best and most sincere efforts, you know, it doesn't seem to be meeting those needs and you don't really see yourselves getting there, then that's the right outcome, right? And sometimes we have to be honest and say, okay, I've, I've grown in a different direction to this relationship and that is perfectly okay. And, you know, if that is where your personal growth takes you, then let it take you there. And, you know, I I think it's important to say, you know, I know that that can be really scary, you know, to share with you a bit of my own experience. I was definitely in this situation. I was in a relationship that was not very healthy, very much that anxious avoidant dance. And I knew, I knew that, right. And I knew frankly that the relationship needed to end, but I sort of wasn't ready for that. I knew I had a lot of work to do on myself, but I had so much resistance to doing that work because even then I knew that me doing my own work, me, you know, going to therapy every week, that would mark the beginning of the end of the relationship. And so it was really scary for me on one level to, you know, set that in motion knowing that it would eventually lead to the unraveling of the relationship. Now, that's not to say that you doing your own work will lead to the unraveling of the relationship. As I've said, there's a lot of scope to make it work, but I, I more offer that to validate the fear 
to validate the fear around change and growing because sometimes we can have our own resistance to that because we fear that we will outgrow the relationship and there may still be a lot of love there even if it's not working. So as much as that fear is totally valid, I do still believe that you can't lose by focusing on your own growth and and you do just need to believe that you will be strong enough, right? And part of doing the work, you know, if you go through that process and you do realize it's time to part ways, trust that future you who's in that position is going to be strong enough to handle it because you're going to be on the other side of having done all this work and you're going to have so many inner resources to carry you through that. So I really think you can't lose. And one final caveat to all of this, as an anxiously attached person, if you are an anxiously attached person and you're listening to this, your baseline is probably to internalize and to want to fix things single-handedly behind the scenes, right? Without having to involve your partner. That is kind of part of the, the template of anxious attachment is, oh, what can I do? I'll try this strategy and I'll try that strategy and I'll do these backflips uh, all without having to, you know, cause a ripple or without shaking things up too much because I don't want to bother my partner. I don't want them to be upset with me. I don't want to ask for anything because if I ask for something, then they might leave me, right? Fear of abandonment, fear of rejection just comes up straight away. So we want to, you know, scurry around in the background and fix things behind the scenes. So recognizing that as a baseline tendency that you may have just be mindful of it when approaching and I suppose putting into action everything that I've shared today. So while we have this starting principle that one person can shift patterns, be careful of taking that and making it mean that you can single-handedly save the relationship. As I said earlier, you can't save a relationship on your own. And so I really don't want you to take on that responsibility or take on, you know, that role and then feel like a failure if you can't get there. Okay. Because, you know, a reminder and a really overarching point here is that it takes two to tango. And again, you will need that level of buy-in from a partner. So please don't blame yourself if your attempts at growth and if your evolution uh, doesn't work in bringing your partner along for the ride, right? And even as I say that, that shouldn't be the point, right? The point of your growth is not their growth. The point of your growth is your growth. Uh, So remind yourself of that. You know, so much of the work of anxious attachment and becoming more secure is being more focused on yourself and less focused on the other. So stay in your lane, grow for yourself Uh, and trust that whatever is meant to happen from that will happen and you will have, you know, more tools and resources at that future point in time to make the decisions you need to make, to have the conversations that need to be had. Uh, You'll be so much stronger and more resilient as a result of it. Okay. So those were some thoughts on what to do if your partner is resistant to doing the work, if your partner doesn't want to grow. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful if you could leave a quick five-star rating or a review. It really does make a world of difference and is contributing in a very tangible way to the growth of the podcast. And I am so appreciative of your support. So thank you for tuning in and I will see you again next week. Thanks guys. Thanks for joining me for this episode of On Attachment. 
If you want to go deeper on all things attachment, love, and relationships, you can find me on Instagram at stephanie underscore underscore rig or at stephanierig.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a review and a five-star rating. It really does help so much. Thanks again for being here and I hope to see you again soon.